0: May 23rd, Sunday night, fab, other stuff we're gonna talk about too. It's time for dingers.
1: Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just G-Man Choi that wins you championships. That's why Weekend and Weekend, we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight-up OG lifestyle. Tyler Childs, joined again by Robbie Baseball from the murder room. What's happening, Robbie? Uh, Nothing. Just typing in a
0: few extra names that we're going to talk about tonight in addition to the Fab guys because these are the lean days of Fab where – you can speculate on call-ups, as we discussed before we started recording, or you can talk about the guys who are solidified in their positions moving forward. And that's that's the better road to talk about. And for Dynasty guys like us, this is the way that you win championships. You You say, uh, this guy is going to play here, and that's happening, and now they've earned it. And we're going to go over some of those key guys tonight that have really, I think, in the top 60 of standard 5 by 5 They're now entrenched, and it's a great thing for us as fantasy owners, and that's why I'm doing great. And I'm also super sore because I've shoveled a lot of dirt um, this weekend, Ty, building gardens. Um, How are you?
1: Building gardens. I'm good. I played golf today for the first time. I was Bizarre gonna ask czar of, on- of Ontario, Canada finally allowed us to play golf here. So that was a safe
0: to play golf. Yeah. I and, i bought uh, a canoe today, so we both had great days. Who
1: who is surprised by you buying a canoe? No one. No one is surprised by that at all. But I absolutely striped the golf ball today. It was incredible. Oh, I mean, that's good. I've not played golf for a couple of weeks now. It was it went pristinely. So what we did do a little bit of on the golf course was, you know, though. A long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk and that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon because good advice only comes in a bottle. What do, you, what do you have over there tonight, Robbie? That sounded like uh, a fresh can of something that I've not It is, yeah. Like.
0: It's Bose Lug Tread nice. uh, lager, lager Ale, it says. Uh, this is the one with the tractor that when we had Alex Fast on a real long time ago, um, I was saying my wife bought this because she knew my son would like it because of the tractor. And then we started talking about giving children alcohol. Um, but oft, I, I want to go back to that, to it, the Fast connection in a moment. But um, what do you got tonight, Ty?
1: I mean, surprise to no one. Basil Hayden's it's a, uh, it's a staple. I, I am sans wife and kid today. they. Oh really? Oh yeah. So it's like, oh, that's quiet. So nice. I had to watch golf today. It's great. So, I mean, I'm ready to talk some baseball. So let's, let's do that. Alex fast. What's, what's yes. the story?
0: So since we did our um, pilot episode on clubhouse on the clubhouse app where everybody got to talk about their love of baseball and beforehand we had a little room where a private room where everybody got together that was on the panel to chat. And since that time, Ty, uh, Ellen Adair has appeared on In This League. Prior to that, Michael Gauvier had already been on, not not any connection whatsoever with us. He was on ITL with the Welsh, Chris Welsh, who was on the panel with us. Um, Gauvier has also been on Chris McBrien, our, our dear Mr. Fantasy. Um, he has been on his Pop Goes Your World uh, movie podcast or pop culture podcast. They talked about the top... They each picked a list of top five songs from the 80s. Uh, it was hilarious. But there's been a lot of crossover. Alex Fast was also on with Govier. So that, that's how it all came together. So I feel like through Clubhouse and the community building that we want to be doing there, we were able to very successfully do that. Whether that was directly, indirectly, the, everybody knew of each other beforehand. But whether they had um, gotten any of this arranged or not, I don't care. Let's just take credit.
1: That's right. Let's we are a connector take- of the people.
0: Absolutely. That's that's
1: what we do. So people helping people. Exactly. That's exactly it. And that's what we're here to do tonight. We're going to connect you with other people that can help you win. And I don't know if you want to start on the two-star pitchers tonight, Robbie, or if we want to get into maybe some of the bats. I think two-star pitchers are the pressing one because that is one of the main things that wins you championships is getting healthy pitching. And as we all know, pitching is very unhealthy right now. So let's start there and let's talk about ways to win your week. Sure. So this is going to be
0: everybody that we know is confirmed and lined up for two starts this week and their ownership is going to vary, but we're just going to talk about who they are first and then anything that could happen with them throughout the week. So I'll rhyme off the names tie and then we can circle back, which starts us off with Ross Stripling in Toronto. He's got Tampa Bay and Cleveland, Zach Eflin with Miami or sorry, with Philly, is starting off of this week with Miami, Trevor Rogers opposes him with Miami and uh, he, he has just been on fire. Spencer Turnbull, uh, Mr. No hitter starts his week off with Cleveland. Always a good team to face off against first for the week. Then we have henches Hen- henches. We have struggled <laughs> with this last time, but it's okay. Cause he's got a 646 ERA or average. Yeah. ERA, And I don't think anyone's going to care. Uh, Kikuchi with Seattle. Looks like he could get two starts next week. Brandon Woodruff, obviously owned everywhere. Lance Lynn, same deal. Uh, Hassam Kim only 34% owned. In St. Louis, he's a sneaky dude. Um, yeah. starts starts off with the White Sox and then takes on Arizona. That's a good that's a good combo. Um, to be determined with San Diego, still not announced at this point in time. So we're waiting to find that out if we do. Um, we'll post something up on Twitter if we think it's relevant for you to know. Uh, another no-hitter, John Means goes up against Minnesota to start his week. Uh, and he's opposing Matt Shoemaker in a 608 ERA Ugh, ugly two and five record for the shoe. Uh, then we've got austin gomber with colorado this one i like new york mets and pittsburgh and that 496 era he's a he's at new york and i think home to pittsburgh i'll confirm when we get back to him two and four record could be four and four by the end of this week because um the mets have been playing like kevin polar's face
1: which is <laughs>
0: awful uh, to be determined is the Met starter tomorrow, which I'm still... Um, that just... might
1: be their best starter, just for the record. <laughs>
0: <laughs> At the moment, yeah. I'm not sure if Degrom's going to be back on that. I just... is. So on Tuesday. It is. They announced oh, Tuesday. Okay, so he's Tuesday. Okay, so maybe that's why it's to be... So I'll, I'll have a quick look. We'll see if we can find that guy for you. And then Ryan Yarbrough will go tomorrow. It's the fourth game of the four-game series against Toronto, and Tampa Bay is looking to sweep a four-gamer and bring the Jays back to 500. So those are all the 2 start guys confirmed, and a couple that we're going to have to circle back to. So Ty, let's start off at the top because I like this one and I know you got something to say about Mr. 7.2 ERA Ross Stripling.
1: Just ooh, Like, I mean, it's, I am out and it is just a hard sell at this point on Ross Stripling. Might be a
0: drop. Like, depending on your league, it might be you very soon, like he's just not worth putting on your bench
1: and the lineup
0: matchups aren't helping.
1: The only thing I would say is if you're shallow in the bullpen, like he's a good waiver pickup for me um if you're if you need help in the bullpen because he's going to be an effective 5 out guy i really believe that i think in in five five uh bats or or two innings maybe like i think he can be a really effective piece on your fantasy roster kind of like what we've seen out of garrett woodlock in boston i think he could fill that kind of role so you know that's the only thing i will say is that if you're if you own him, i don't know drop like only drop if you're if you're deep in the bullpen. But yeah, if, if, if it's
0: saves only, I think, Ty, because because with 29 K's and 25 innings, that's good. Um, yes. but he's two percent owned, so nobody else cares about him. So you could very well let him go if he does lose his starting job, which I'd like you to touch on in a moment, yes. and then um come back to it. But a guy with a whip of 1.76 is not helping your team, no matter what. And if that's coming out of the bullpen, you're now asking him to even up that K count, but the whip's been the issue, so that might continue. And with Toronto today, like uh Tyler Chatwood blew save or yeah, sorry bad. blew not a, not a save he blew a lead blew a tie whatever it was he blew it he lost he, um he bounced he's bad yeah so and he was one of the guys that Toronto was talking about you know being a high leverage role like oh my god talk about the carousel but, like if there's a team that really needs a guy good. he has been, been really
1: good this is his first time in that last inning role cuz the has looked terrible the last couple of weeks and they were giving him a yep. shot now you know, people can be critical of toronto they're banged up i mean it is what it is right like we're seeing the results of that. the team has played well enough to win like five of the last six games but the bullpen has really let them down after going so strong and we talked about this like comparing them to boston right like this is what we thought was going to happen to boston because they yeah. were heavy on the relievers you know boston stayed healthy and that's allowed them to not run into this issue um you know toronto's about to get some resources back so that'll be helpful Um, some of the big arms are starting to get healthy again. So, well, and Lourdes
0: and Biggio going out as well, Ty, sorry to interrupt you there, but Lourdes and and Biggio going out, open up opportunities for guys to get regular playing time. So you got to look and see who are my, um, Toronto starters that I want to see get runs And, and it doesn't, it doesn't actually shallow the team out. It hurts the bench, but that's Okay. Because you can continue to roll. Now, of course, we need Springer back in order to say it's okay to lose two of your should-be everyday starters in Bijou and Lourdes. But at the same time, it's not like they've been decimated. They're not the Mets, right? And, and the guys that are on the Jays who are playing uh, that are supposed to be good are good. Yes. Vladdy's good. Bo's good. Um, Grichik's playing good yeah. baseball. Yeah. Hey, Oscar beautiful. For
1: forward, a bomb. Yep. You know, yeah. like, lots of like there, but yeah, but Ross is going to be a, a long inning guy. And frankly, the Jays need a long inning guy. They don't have one right now. That's an effective guy. Like Joel Piamps has been thrown into that role. He doesn't belong. So, you know, I think this will actually make the team better, but they need to fill that rotation. Cause you know, the first two spots in that rotation have been very good. And then the back half has been very bad. So that puts a lot of stress in your bullpen. Um, but yeah, I, I think for me, I'm that's a drop or a move to the pen. And after that, I'm good. Zach Eflin on the other hand, next on the list is a guy that I've owned all season in many formats. Um, I've been a fan of Eflin. I watched a lot of him in spring training and the cutter, the cutter is everything. Now where Eflin has struggled. Is the first, first inning, first two innings in some games, but once he's gotten through that, he's, he's had long outings. He's been an absolute workhorse for Philly. So he should be, you know, owned in, in every league. He's not owned in every league, but I would imagine that there's a lot of people that would be willing to sell on Zach Eflin, and and this is the kind of guy that I like to buy because he's a workhorse. He's not the kind of guy that's going to putter out over the end of the season. Like I, I'm not going to be uh, not going to lie to here, Robbie. The next guy concerns me yeah. over the the length of this season. He's been really, really, really good, and that's Trevor Rogers. Two very different frames. Rogers still building up his innings, and he's been one of the best in all of baseball so far. Right? No one's going to oh, yeah. argue that. But this is the difference. you got to know when to get off the ride. And for me, I'm getting off on Trevor Rogers, but I'm staying in on Zach Eflin. So oh, not, de- not getting off like from a dynasty perspective, I'm getting off of redraft. I'm I'm. if I'm looking to win this season, I'm using Trevor Rogers success to make me better to win. Because oh, I thought you were talking sexually. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: no, no. But, <laughs> no so what I meant was, is this, sorry, Ty, it just is this because um, Chris Paddock has hurt you? Is no, this, not at all. No, no, it's no, okay. No. Cause cause like I I've been there where like somebody starts well and then now it seems like it's just, they're not the pitcher they were supposed to be. And I'm wondering yeah. if maybe you're a little hesitant because as a paddock owner um and someone who I have traded to you in the past, maybe you're just like upset. And this is just kind of tightening your noose on a guy like Rogers who had a cup of coffee last year with Miami and got to come back this year and a lot of expectations were certainly lower for roger right? this was supposed to be 6-0 sanchez breakout year yeah. not trevor I, rogers
1: i have zero issues with trevor rogers like it's not a guy I'm, i want to run away from okay. I, what i what i'm trying to say is that if i'm trying to win a championship this season trevor rogers is likely gonna get tired on the back half of the season and i've talked about this before robbie like talking about guys that don't have the inning count they come out you know spencer turnbull's a great example next on our list of a guy that came into the pros, had some good success early on, then got tired towards the back end of the season. And although Trevor Rogers is a better pitcher than Spencer Turnbull, that that reality is still a thing. That's just growth. That's the hitters making the adjustment to the young guy, and and it's part of the progression. So if you're in a single season right now, whether it's dynasty or redraft and you're trying to win right now, it is a good idea to trade Trevor Rogers because you're going to get the most for him right now. And that's all I'm trying to say. It's not. It's not that gotcha. I want out on Trevor Rogers if I'm rebuilding. It's only if if you're trying to win this season.
0: If this is the year and that's he's it. the piece that gets the trade done, I I won't argue with that. Now, Eflin, um, you know K per nine is bang on. You know one to one, Rogers 65 Ks to 51 and two thirds innings. The WHIP is a little better for Rogers, but if you're talking about regression and the potential for a lot of change in the second half. Eflin certainly is a safer bet as far as rolling through. And then to your point with Turnbull, Turnbull's a perfectly serviceable pitcher, 31% owned. um, Even after, you know, a no-hitter, he still has not jumped big in ownership, which means people are like, yeah, I don't know. And then Cleveland is the first matchup. I'm going to quickly check who that second one is this week.
1: Real quick, just anyone watching wants to comment and ask any questions. We're here to answer them for you. If you have any questions about who to pick up this week, or anything, anyone you're on the fence on, maybe it's a trade review. Just hit us up in the comments, click into the live stream here and fire away. So yeah, oh.
0: the Yankees are that second matchup tie. So it's not like it gets a little better for um Spencer Turnbull this week, but he does have one against Cleveland, which should be solid. And then you know, see what happens against the Yankees. He might but even Spencer, pair up Spencer against Turnbull Cole.
1: Turnbull is a sneaky good pitcher. Like just because yeah, yeah. he's happening in Detroit, like people people don't want him. So it's one of those guys, like well, and people are upset about all the no-hitters too, right? Yeah, so Spencer true. Turnbull, oh, he shouldn't get a no-hitter. All these guys are elite,
0: man. It's yeah. just at the MLB level, there are tiers of their eliteness. And people think Spencer Turnbull shouldn't be in on that. But yeah. if you're going to see all of these, what is it? Six no hitters right now. If we're going to see all of these because guys are selling out because the ball this because da then tell me why there are still several games with, you know, 18 or more runs.
1: Well, and, right. And here's like
0: the... three true outcome is a thing. And when it's hitters that win, the score is ridiculous. When it's pitchers that win, we're seeing no hitters. So,
1: well, let know. me ask you this. Like, There's two guys here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question which one do you think is better, and and I think most people would pick one Spencer Turnbull or John Means, right? Like for me, they're the same pitcher, right-handed left handed Okay, right. So, like, I don't see much of a difference between those two guys. Um, and means is productive and everybody wants to own them. It's turnbull's productive, and everyone's like, uh, right. So neither of them are going to get you wins. So, you know, it's just
0: Yeah, uh, and that's a really good point, Ty, because means that 94% owned a one seventy year or 170 ERA 4 and 0 versus Turnbull 288 ERA 3 and 2. Um but if we're talking over the the length of the season, although Baltimore has not been the dumpster fire that is expected and for some reason everybody just thinks Baltimore is this terrible team like they're in games, like pitchers like Jorge Lopez and Matt Harvey are in the rotation every fifth day and they're getting it done because they've got professional hitters. They're playing solid defense. You know, Freddie at shortstop is a good thing for any MLB team. Um, They can, they can be competitive, but again, at the end of the day, like you said, they're just not getting the wins. So over 162, it's not going to be 14 wins for means.
1: And Trey Mancini is now the MLB RBI leader. There you go. So good they for are Mancini. Fire. exactly. Yep. Guy that's re- like a year removed from colon cancer. So good on him. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, it's an interesting conversation because again, this is the difference, right? Do you do you not buy the player just because you don't like what you see or because right. he plays on the team? Like a lot of people do it because they're on the right team. Now, Sam hanky is the next guy on the list that that's a multiple factor. Like I'm not buying Sam Hankey's because it's Sam Hankey. You're calling Hankey's him Hankies? That's what I'm going with. That's okay. what I've heard him called. So I'm yeah, okay, that's it. fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe yeah, we gotta ask uh, the Rhodosaurus boys. They I mean, we could say
1: jizz. I don't know. I like, just I'm just
0: I'm I'm hitting that G. I haven't let's... heard a lot of silent G's.
1: He could be have the fans. Could be the henchmen or Hentmans, I don't know. We well, right
0: that. now his whip is uh, making him look more like a humpback. It's 209. So, um, 15 <laughs> innings pitched and 15 k's one in one record but the era woof so for fantasy purposes again we'll just reiterate we're talking the fantasy things we don't like to get into all the advanced stats we're talking baseball so we're talking matchups um if they've got pitches that we find you know good bad or otherwise as ty's already alluded to with um splitters cutters we're talking baseball here if you want to get into advanced metrics stare at the computer screen which is what we do before we start recording before we go live because this is entertainment information this is not us droning into the microphone um so that's why we're talking about the five by five we're talking about ownership percentage on yahoo because that's one of the widely played formats and people often reference something to us in uh, dms that say you know in my 12 team league in my 10 team league which prior to this year i think we kind of just assumed everyone that listened to us which was a small audience that's grown um we're all in 20 plus team leagues so uh because of that we're we're trying to make sure that everybody understands the fantasy points here like you it doesn't matter if you know kike hernandez is good for seven days he's not expected to be good over the course of the year but he's got multi-position eligibility well is that going to help you and then let's have that conversation let's not talk about um the the barrel rate the launch angle like you know what's happened this time and that time on the air for every single guy let's yeah. just you know talk terms so anyway time sorry off, yeah next off topic
1: one, yeah next guys you say kikuchi he's got oakland and a second i say he's kikuchi
0: you say uh S- no thank no. you right
1: so <laughs> I just say so. I'm not a Kikuchi fan in any way right now. Um, he's a soft thrower. I love I love artists like Hinjin Ryu is a is an artist. Yes, Kikuchi's beautiful to watch him a pitch. Soft thrower, and there's a difference. And and I'm just not a fan. Um I mean he's not the worst start in Seattle, right? He's not the worst home start ever, but it's just a guy that I'm staying away from. And Seattle couldn't look worse right now. Like they, they might be the dumpster fire of major league baseball right now. Well, he's uh, in
0: Oakland this year or sorry, he's, he's in Oakland tomorrow and, and home to Texas looks like which Sunday, are, which we'll are reasonable
1: six. matchups for a lefty, yeah. right? Like they are because all the damage gets done from the left side on both of those rosters. So, um, you know, it's definitely an interesting matchup for him. Um, I'm, I'm out just cause I'm not a Kikuchi guy, but like it's biased. Right. I know, but I'm out for that reason. But um, did you know,
0: Ty, that he has 53 Ks and only 50 innings so far this year? So I that
1: I didn't know he's been better.
0: Yeah, that is an improvement. And and the one point one zero whip, which has fluctuated, uh, it bumped up a little bit the last two weeks, but a little bit. So he's been in control. And I, I used to always go by the one point two and it started out as the one point two five whip where I'm like, I don't want anybody over that because I realized that that just basically screwed me in that category no matter what. If that's where they were averaging, I'm going to lose every week in whip. So I wanted to find people who were going to contain themselves lower. So I was like, "Well, that's my threshold like 1.2 now, 1.2." And now I'm thinking, "Well, maybe 1.2 is like I don't want to roster more than two of those guys." I want I want more consistency, and if Kikuchi's providing that consistency, this 6-man rotation in Seattle is not ruining some of these dudes it's it's you know um what is it done justin dunn he's looking okay yes. too so anyway
1: justin dunn is is like Stephen matts in toronto or you know if you get three out of five starts from justin dunn that are good that's what you're looking for uh kikuchi for me it's if you get two out of five then i think you just have to be really cautious with where you're starting them speaking of cautious starts wood against san diego that's a no-go for me um tatis is ripping the cover off the ball he had a huge day today I mean Woodruff has been nothing but fantastic, so it's it's hard to say that. But I, I just traditionally don't start anyone against San Diego. Like and
0: Washington's start. his second start as well, Ty.
1: Which isn't so, the worst one. So like if right. you're if you're in a uh, a Monday like start league where you're starting a guy for the whole week, like it might be worth. You can
0: risk. bite it on on Monday and hope for the best. Hope for single yes. digits if it's a bad day for Woodruff, and then you can look to cash in on Sunday. It's uh, where are they? They are away in Washington and home to San Diego. So yeah, so San Diego uh, that's a tough matchup.
1: Well, and San Diego's got to fly across the country, right? Because they're they're at home today, um, in Milwaukee tomorrow. So that's that's a heading east trip. Which for those of you that travel know how much that trip sucks, uh, especially getting a flight out of San Diego. I mean, they're they're going to be chartering from there, but still, um, not the funnest trip ever. Next guy on the list, very similar uh, kind of kind of setup is Lance Lynn. I'm cautious against fa- fastballs against St. Louis. That That's my thing. Like, Lance Lynn is a traditional fastball guy. And, and you know what? St. Louis just might know a thing or two about Lance Lynn. Um, so that might not be the greatest decision of your life to run him out there, even though he's been stellar this season. Um, he that's does have that of,
0: second start against Baltimore. That might be the saving grace, similar to the same thing, though. the Woodruff, same thing, right?
1: Though fastballs, like you know, if you got a young team with some inexperience in Baltimore, like fastball hunting is what they do. So you know, Lancelin continues to get fastballs by people, and it's it's absolutely impressive. He's may, maybe the only guy in baseball as a starter that can run fastball heavy and get away with it. So good on him um I I would be really cautious in those two starts this week you know which is weird for me because like I'm overly cautious this season in in yeah you,
0: is- you're you're playing scared a little bit you were just telling me before we started that you benched a few dudes in our home league um but you but you've got the yeah I was gonna say you got the win right I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure I've locked and loaded my home league win um I'm just yeah sorry I'm, I'm looking off camera here because I'm I'm checking some of the matchups which I usually do beforehand but like I said shoveling and I bought a canoe today Um, but yeah, I was pretty sure before today started, I had eight categories in our eight by eight league. So I was sure I was going to be okay. And it looks as though, yeah, I mean, I've hit 15 home runs in that league this week. Well, and and, and in that
1: league, new guy, Mike is taking down boogie Knights, which is the like perennial runner up, um, which is in the regular season. No. And in the finals sometimes too. Uh, Uh, I didn't know he'd ever appeared. I, I beat him in one of my championships. Um, okay. I, I outmanaged him to a tie, and I knew the tiebreaker went in my favor. So <laughs> I outmanaged to- him <laughs> to a
0: tie.
1: <laughs> anyway, so before we get off track, let's – you know, we were touching on Lance Lynn, but you talked about uh, Kim in St. Louis uh, going the other way against the White Sox this week up against Lance Lynn. Um, you know, is, is there a guy that you like there? Like, I, I'm, I'm not starting anybody against the White Sox either, especially – a lefty. So, I'm, I'm gonna in? In. I I'm going to slide Kim in.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm taking Kim cuz I like Kim for the two starts Chicago White Sox. Yes, you know, a little banged up. Um Yankees were able to, you know, do some I mean, yes, it was Cole, but even Tyon didn't get hurt, I think yesterday against them. So, yesterday yeah. or today? Um well,
1: tyron has been looking good lately.
0: He's been better. ERA is still over 5 for the year and certainly yeah. somebody to talk about in the future. Um maybe next week for us I'll, I'll put him on the board so we can discuss because the Tommy John return the season is the one that throws everybody off, but that's also the season to cash in in dynasty. Um, so anyway, Kim two, seven, three ERA this year in 26 and a third innings, only one win at this moment in time, 27 Ks and a 1.29 whip. Uh, but again, we're early enough in the year with his inning count, right? He's half of what the bulk of the other guys have. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Spencer Turnbull, 34 innings, but a lot of the other guys we've talked about have 50 or more. And that's one of those things where Kim started the year late and then slow build up, And, and I think he's rolling. And I, I like him. Like Even last year, he was beating the odds when people were, were kind of against him. And in the few leagues where I do own him, I'm a very happy Kim owner. He is another one of the starters who was dropped in my TGFBI league that I picked up um, where I drafted heavy on my pitching and I, or sorry, on my hitters and decided I was going to, you know, incrementally improve with my pitching staff. And it's slowly working, slowly working long season, Ty. It's a long season. Um, But yeah, then we've got the to be determined with San Diego uh, tomorrow, which we said we'll figure out means you already touched on. And then that brings us to Maddie Shoemaker. Are we are we good to call it quits on Shoemaker? And maybe we'll check back with him in July and see if he's right at his ship at all. But it's pretty ugly right now
1: yeah i mean anybody in minnesota that's running out there like maya got hurt the other night like there's there's not Hap his
0: pumpkins right and he's you know it's hit mean, midnight surprise, for him.
1: surprise he's like what for well, now like
0: you also said hap early in the year and and then you know sell and, and that out. was something yeah and and i think that was a good strategy and where i had him um i did not sell and it burned me very badly but that's my own fault because i thought one more start right what just yeah. one more. And then after I had one bad one, I thought, let's see one more. And I think his last start, he just blew up. Um, actually, it probably would have been two starts ago because I cut him after the last one. But
1: well, um, and Minnesota has a clubhouse issue, I think more so than a pitching issue. I think there's something going on over there. Like they just they suck. Uh, well, they also
0: he, keep putting in Astadio to pitch, right? They're getting their their tits lit and then they're putting in Estadio um, because it's funny. I,
1: yeah, I don't he, get it. Is he going to get two starts this week?
0: He's <laughs> <laughs> he's looking for four outs, uh give up four dingers, no. but that's that goes back with the White Sox and Mercedes and all that crap um which we don't really need to no. worry about talk about on here, but um I agree there there's got to be something going on in Minnesota because it's not clicking and it's supposed to be their division. Despite right. the White Sox being good, the White Sox also have two devastating outfield injuries. Yes. So uh but that brings us to Austin Gomber. Uh, Gomer this year's 45 and a third innings, two and oh 40, sorry. Um, two and four, uh, 47 K's in those 45 innings. ERA is just under five whip is just over 1.25 at 1.3. But again, the two matchups this week, the Mets, which I like and Pittsburgh. And I think Pittsburgh's at home. I'll double check that right now. These and are good
1: matchups, right? Yeah. This,
0: this is a guy who nobody likes anymore, right? Cause everybody thought, oh, he's going to be great. And they're like, wait a second. You know, he got blown up. Well, like Kershaw got blown up. Um, Castillo got, I know Castillo's a good this year, but a lot of good pitchers just suck in Colorado. You've talked about it before. Baumgartner got ripped. Um,
1: well, and let's remember we talked about, you know, the nature of the front office decision-making, which is let's get guys that aren't going to get crushed, right? And so, right. like, most teams have, like, like, excellence written on their clubhouse. They have don't suck right? Like that's, <laughs> that's not exactly what you They're want like to hear. About. The
0: mighty ducks uh show the game changers. The one that's on Disney it's the team name is the don't bothers. So that's like, uh, a, a, you know, if Colorado was to do, or sorry, if, if um, there was to be a mighty duck version movie and it was in baseball, it would be Colorado and they would be called the don't sucks, um, See, which also is a Joe Madden beer in Chicago, by the way, both starts are away. So he's in Pittsburgh. In New York,
1: that's a good two-star streamer right there. there is what you. that is, but I, I turned off the Ducks. I had it on for thirty seconds with my kid, and I couldn't handle it because the the scene that I watched had Gordon Bombay pumping slap shots on goal with his shoes on, and then a limo it didn't look right. The ice, no, and it was a power slide, and I was oh, just like, I am totally out. From but do you everything. know who came out of the limo in that scene? It was all the former players, the yes. original Ducks. I know I saw it, but like. I, I mean the, the most imp- impressive part of that scene was the limo power slide. The slap <laughs> shots with shoes on were not impressive. but that should be. Do you know how hard it is to take slap I, shots on ice?
0: Oh my gosh. With shoes. Do. Sorry, with shoes. Uh, okay. I've tried okay. It and
1: fallen doing it. So <laughs>
0: then you should respect
1: Bombay for doing it.
0: They're nine, they're nine episodes in. Um, I encourage everyone to watch it and then tweet me at Robbie Baseball One. We can talk about it. I I live stream, not live streamed. I like commented or tweeted on a couple as I was watching them because I was really happy. And then a few of my friends who I grew up with and played hockey with um, started messaging me about it. So now I just talk to them. I'm like, let me know when you're ready to have that Mighty Duck conversation. And we're talking about how like it's the firm that the mom works at is Ducksworth Law Firm. We're like, oh, those little Easter eggs. Uh, but anyway so okay so is
1: that that's all the streamers yarbo yarbo it's just he's a dude i'm, I'm struggling with yarborough and and the jays got him a little bit last time which is his start tomorrow uh so i'm i'm a little terrified of yarborough if i'm completely honest the jays uh, did
0: get Glasnow the previous like not this past you know friday I, I but i was saying previous this to our two, two, they Jonathan did, yeah.
1: mason this week like Glasnow has to be tipping pitches and the jays have to know, know. it. Yeah, like, there's no way. Like, Vladdy's <clears> home run <throat> on the hook was a hook up at his eyeballs. And he was sitting on it. Like, and it wasn't an adjustment. It was just he knew it was coming. And you don't – no one sits on a hook at the top of the zone. I'm sorry.
0: So, it's home to Philly and in um, in Dunedin. Mm-hmm. So, taking on the Phillies next Sunday. They've got a weird week. They go to KC. Uh, they right, go to because of Because of the Monday. Oh, that's right. Because the Jays will be moving. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. So here are some potential guys to stream, tie, and we can discuss. So if you're in a situation where all hope is lost, and I know we're going to talk about one guy for the third week in a row, this is the fault of the other people who don't already own him. But we've got Michael Fulmer with Detroit, 34% owned. Rich Hill, third week in a row. With Tampa Bay, 47% owned. Casey Mize in Detroit, 35% owned. We know in Dynasty, it's a different situation. However, we can discuss it because you can look at what's going on in Yahoo and redraft, and a lot of the dynasty players are using a redraft mindset here, Chris Bubick with KC 18% owned, Vince Velasquez with Philly 10% owned, and Randy Dobnik. Remember Randy Dobnik signed that deal before the season started? and he got sent down and things weren't looking good. Well, in his last 30 days, the last month, he's at a 164 ERA. But on the season, he's got 16 Ks and 20 in a third innings, and the whip is high, 1.28, but it's not gross, as we talked about some others.
1: The which isn't always exactly. like He's just quietly effective. Really interesting guy. I mean...
0: Started on Friday, quality yep. start. I don't think he got the win. I don't remember if he got the win. He's um, just a
1: great SP5 Like just the yeah. kind of guy to fill out your rotation, you know. And a lot of these guys are like Rich Hill. I feel like the bump in his ownership is strictly because of us. Um, because <laughs> like no that's why it's so little. <laughs> yeah, oh, excuse <laughs> me. No one else oh. is talking about him. Uh Michael Fulmer, you know, is is looking like a, a reliever. You know, he has great reliever for repertoire. Saves. Yeah, he's got a good repertoire to come out of the bullpen. So it is, it's effective. It's nice to see a guy that once looked promising, uh, then looked very not promising and now has a new a new relief role. Um, And a guy that has good stuff, just not for six innings. So, you know, definitely right. lots to like there. Um, well, Wim's nine, good. yeah, nine and third, the last 14 days, he's dialed it in,
0: right? Yep. So um, three wins and four saves. You can call that that weird, you know, Ryan Yarbrough has been there before we just mentioned him. Guys who just get, those important stats. Sometimes you just want to own them, right? Like Michael Fulmer might not be the worst guy to put in your pitcher slot if you've got SP spots, RP spots, and P spots. Maybe you just pick up Fulmer and just put him in there, and then give it two weeks, right? And if you had in the last two weeks, you'd be rewarded with wins and saves in addition to some decent ratios. So I think he's a must take a own chance. at the
1: back end of that. Yeah. At this point, yeah, like I, I really do. I think he's interesting. I think he's gonna be a closer. Like I think he's got. The it's gonna part. be him. What's yeah. I mean, it's certainly like if Gregory Soto is his only competition, like, come on, like right. if you have to pick Garcia is like,
0: not there and
1: yeah, like Fulmer has the upside. So that's the guy for me. Um, and I think it's his job to lose at this point.
0: All right. I'm going to just check here last two weeks. If that's when the saves have all come well, for him. And I mean, uh, if, two saves the last week, three, the last two weeks. So yeah. Yeah. He's rounding and, it.
1: Yep. And if you're in a, in a redraft format in Casey Mize and Chris Bubich are not owned, then you need to be the owner of them because they're both going to come around. Casey Mize is already showing signs of the breakout. Uh, it might be too late in a lot of your leagues. Bubich is a guy that very few people know about unless you're Rob uh, or have listened to Rob talk. And, and I mean, I probably no, wouldn't be um, knowledgeable about him if Rob wasn't talking about him as much <laughs> as he does.
0: Way back, way back when it was the KC six, right? I uh, should have
1: cut the tweet that you had today or yesterday and put it up here on the screen. for, oh, you, for the listeners. yeah.
0: But yeah, it, it was, it was supposed to be, you know, Casey has the right starters to turn around what has been a poor rotation the past few years. And Danny Duffy's awesome breakout in April. I don't want to call it breakout. His awesome April and into May was great, but that he's never the plan. He's never part of the plan. Like it, you know, it's Brad, it's supposed to be Brad Keller. Uh The last he's, he's the current dude who's supposed to be in uh Bubik Lynch, a singer. They've all ha- been up four of those six. So the only guys left now are Jackson Cower, who crushed it at Triple A 10K's uh, quality start on Friday night, I think it was, and uh, then Ace Lacey, who's the last guy to come up last year's first-round pick. So it the, pe- the pieces, the parts are all there for Kansas City, but Bubik might be the one who's able to come up that people care the least about because it was two years ago, three years ago maybe, that he had his high um, strikeout And then it was the adjustment. So I'm thinking that was maybe 19 that he had the high case and everyone was like, ah, suppress, suppress. Because not everybody buys everything. But when, um, oh, geez, who was it with Detroit that came out of nowhere? Uh, Scooble. When Drake Scooble was striking everybody out, people were going crazy. Oh, my God, he's better than Mize. He's better than Manning. And, And when Chris Bubik was doing it, they're like, yeah, it is. I just don't know about him. Daniel Lynch seems like the guy. Daniel Lynch seems like the guy. So it right now, to go with the performer. And and if you own him in Dynasty, where I've got a couple shares of him, I'm really happy to have him. You know, it's a good thing. And if I own Daniel Lynch in a few, as we talked about before, I'm not pressing the panic button. I understand that in Dynasty, I have the time to wait. Now, if I'm in redraft, Lynch is gone. Bubik's in. I've already done it in one of my leagues. And that's because I'm going to roll with those guys who are successful but are up there's no point in waiting on somebody to come up like there's no point in waiting on nate pearson when his previous time up was not good go get somebody who may have had one start that nobody picked up on in your league boom put them on your team lock and load there will be guys on your team who you think are good who might be if you look at like season rankings somebody might say you know they're 180th overall and you're like well that's good like our league has 300 guys but in the last month they could have been like ranked 800th like, look at what's going on with your team. Sit down, give give each team, for each fantasy league you're in, give it at least 10 minutes a week yeah. that you are spending saying, well, who else is out there? Who can make me better? Where am I losing? Because a lot of my matchups where I'm losing or, or winning, and it's within two categories, and, and especially in our home league, tie, like, I'm not blowing the doors off of anybody it's all really close so I keep thinking well where do I need to make those incremental improvements or is it just because I continue to throw everybody out there constantly no matter what no matter the matchup I'm like I'm trying to get counting stats so yeah. do I need to start to stream a little bit more and i I like to wait until midseason to do that but at the same time if I'm not winning or if I'm not blowing the doors off guys I need to start to consider it so Bubik is the guy who right now, um 14 Ks and 18 and two thirds. The whip is under one. He hasn't got a win yet. ERA is below one. He's, he's got one category that looks good. That's ERA, and it's in yeah. just a couple starts. You could still scoop in and get him.
1: And super soft contact guy. You know, and still lots of innings to go this season. But listen to this. And and I and I know we just talked about earlier about not using advanced stats, but like, well, for everybody, not this using advanced cool stats for notable. So here Please negative 0. 0.6 launch angle. You don't see that very often so far this season. So that will change, right? It will get up. It will get up there a little bit higher than that, but early success, soft contact kind of guy. So know what you're getting. You're not going to get a ton of strikeouts. And these are guys that are really good late picks in drafts because everybody goes for the big K guys. They get it off the board early. And the guys like Bubic can win any championships. So, you know, just a guy to know. So we've kind of killed the pitchers tonight, Robbie. So let's, let's talk uh, well, on the hitting side, unless you got let's anything just- else
0: just very quickly on vince velasquez because everybody hates him and i get it i get it
1: he's frustrating
0: i get it 352 era um one win this year but 40 k's in 30 and two-thirds innings and the whip is at 1.34 quietly good and um he might be a 2 start pitcher might be he's dated uh, he might get dated right now? yes and that's why it's it's maybe because he he missed a start on thursday and i think he came in and pitched on friday in relief, so he could end up in on Tuesday. So it's it's a maybe, but again, just think of the possibilities depending on your league. A guy that's ten percent owned, um, I would take a chance on Gomber is my first pick. If there's a second guy where pretty much no one's going to own him, it would be Vince Velasquez for next week.
1: Okay, no, all good. Nope, that's fine. <laughs> on the hitting side, though, we've got a lot of interesting bats here. Um, you know, some coming back from injury, other our younger guys winning some time. But let's start with Bobby Dalbeck, who's a guy that I think a lot of people were excited about heading into this season, you know, power for days and a little bit of swing and miss to his game. Not so different than his teammate, Raphael Devers, a couple of years ago. So where are you at on Bobby Dalbeck at this point, Robbie? Uh,
0: in our home league, I both drafted, dropped, and then picked him back up. So when Alonzo went on the IL, I had a lot of moves in our league last week, which... So
1: it was uh, a buy, sell? Sell, hold. Buy. No, buy, then
0: hold. Uh, Well, I... I, Buy,
1: sell, buy, then hold.
0: Hold, yes, thank you. All of them. You hit them all. Nailed it. And and it it is... It was simply a matter of Dahlbeck and Pete Alonso. And I was like, well, I'm going to stick with Pete Alonso. So I dropped Dahlbeck because he wasn't doing well. But I'm okay with waiting on guys in our home league. When the bench allows it, it's a smart thing to do. And we're only mid-May at the point in which I dropped him or maybe very early on in May. And then Alonzo gets hurt. And I'm like, well, I'm going back to Dalbeck. And, and, you know, over the last 14 days, 286 average. But on the season, it's 218. So it doesn't look good. So nobody cares. 25% owned in Yahoo as a result. 11 runs, 21 RBIs, a stolen base, five dingers. Cool. It's it's getting better. And yeah. as Boston continues to exceed expectations, if a guy like Dalbeck can start to turn it around at the end of their lineup and start to move, possibly move up a few spots in the lineup, that's going to spell... More runs because he's going to have better guys behind him to hit, not that when he's at the end of the uh, line and turns it over that it's not going to be OK, but he's probably co- going to be coming up with fewer outs in the innings and it's going to give him more opportunities to drive runs in. So it's a good thing that Bobby Dalbeck is doing well as Boston is doing well, because I don't think Boston's going to move off. And dynasty wise, I think no one is going to be willing to sell him right now. I, I just don't think it's possible. And if I owned him anywhere, I certainly would not be looking to sell personally. Um, we talked about in the preseason, first base is tough in Dynasty because you don't know what's going on. We're really happy, uh, Jared Walsh, and we're folks who have talked to. well, I talked positively of Jared, Jared Walsh. Sorry, I said Welsh. Um, Jared Walsh, prior to the season, thinking that this was a good thing for him, um, you know, Pujols was in the way. Now Pujols is a Dodger and uh Dahlbeck is another one of those guys well, was he gonna play every day right
1: the only now thing i'll like say he's... is like boston needs to get some pitching especially if they're going to be competitive this year so the odds are delbeck or michael Chavez, one of those two needs to be traded to get a piece yeah. right because i i don't think you can justify having all that depth when you have guys coming like there's still more infield depth coming behind these guys so I think the more likely guy to go would be Adelbeck because they have more replacements in the system for him than they do for infield depth. So that would be an interesting decision that that front office could make. I mean, they have guys further away that they might want to deal, but um, you know, if they're going to be competitive this year, they're going to need to go find a starter and every team except for Baltimore in the AL East is going to be looking for starters here come July. So, you know, that's could be a all, good year to be selling a starter. Whew, I mean, like, if you're to if the you're, AL if you're Cincinnati, like, just wait for that phone to ring, right? If you're Colorado, you're just waiting for that phone to ring. Like, those two teams specifically have, have high-end starters to trade. So, I did
0: finally hear, it was fast talking with Govier on uh, the, hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. <laughs> um, I did hear them discuss. That was an excellent Gauvier
1: impression. Thank you. <laughs> thank
0: you. I, I did hear uh, them talk about John Gray. And it was on their live stream. So I just uh, plugged in and said, hey, you know, future Toronto Blue Jay right there. But uh, <laughs> because that's what we just we're trying to will it into existence. So the more people we tell, the better it is. But um, yeah, if if you are a, one of those teams that's not competitive, like you just said, last year, Toronto acquired was. it Yeah, they acquired Ray Ray for Berg, Bergen who they got back and some cash or something it's like just that
1: just cash it'll be just cash for okay at the Great. end
0: of the day and yep. then uh Tyon walker from seattle and it wasn't very expensive i feel like this year it could be far more costly it could be and costly in the sense of like a prospect that that's on a team's top 20 ish yes. list you know something like that which when you're talking about depth and organizations that's where this next guy is fascinating nick mayton with philly the second base shortstop who is only supposed to have a little cup of coffee just come up and fill in for a bit of injury you know Segura and the team wasn't hopping on all things well no this is a 276 hitter who's done really well with the team you know eight eight ribbies eight runs two stolen bases two dingers and he's fitting in with the philly so i like him as somebody who's only owned in six percent on yahoo who can help you if you are the Willie adames owner i don't care that he just went to milwaukee like i cut him everywhere i had him um Maiton I've picked up or I've replaced him and I I don't care. Like, yeah. you know, it's not an empty average because he's not doing three ten or anything silly like that. Like he's been up and down. Um, but that's part of that adjustment that you talk about a lot, Ty. So I think he's just a good fit rest of the season. Now again, Secura comes back. We got to see what the playing time is gonna be like.
1: Well, Segura is back, it's Didi that's the one that's oh out. sorry,
0: it's okay. D. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. so it was I mean, one, only, one to the other.
1: The reality is like Maiton's playing time is gonna go away, but he can he play center right? Will they try Mm -hmm. him in center? Because they definitely have a need for a center fielder there. It's a revolving door in Philly right now. It's too Uh, bad
0: that you can't just have a guy play defense and then a different guy hit. Yeah, You know, like a DH for any position.
1: Because Nick Maiton has not had a lot of fun on the defensive side of the ball. He might be helping you in your fantasy team, but he is not helping Philadelphia Phillies win baseball games. Yeah, if you're Uh, a fan,
0: (laughs) you're not too pumped to see him there. Now, somebody who nobody likes to see, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, is John Vr. Now yeah. with the injury riddled Mets and getting his time. So this is 100% a streamer and 100% the same reason he gets drafted every year. Stolen bases because the average is poop 216. Um, he does have 13 runs and 12 RBIs. And for some reason, four dingers. Um, I don't know what happened, uh, but he he's got four, but he's also got four stolen bases and that's what you're going to want out of he's him. Got
1: some home run seasons though. Right. It's not as if that's out of nowhere for Jonathan VR.
0: No, it's not, but this is not what is expected. And also from having our time with him as a J last year and just seeing a lot. Yeah. Seeing a lot of the downfalls or not downfalls, a lot of the negatives from him. It's hard for me to now see him on another team where he's supposed to literally be depth. Then he's starting to get those, Things that, those at bats and it's coming together except for the average. So um, if I'm looking to catch up in a category, I would take VR and as well. Depending on your league, could have three position eligibility: shortstop, third, and second base. So yes. and hey, Ty, everybody loves a catcher. Oh, except us.
1: Except everybody love loves pitch.
0: a catcher when you need it, especially in two catcher leagues. And William Contreras with Atlanta could be your guy. Two fifty-five average, ten runs, thirteen RBIs, uh, four dingers on the year, twenty-four percent on in Yahoo, and um, young. Uh, mm-hmm. On a team that has Travis Darno, which means he is not supposed to be owned or valuable or uh, of anything, but Darno has has recoiled as um, some people thought could happen, and uh, here we are. William Contreras could be a guy, could be somebody to pick up right now. Where you have, you know, uh, James McCann who could be struggling on your team, other guys who are supposed to be good who aren't getting it done. You could then pick up Contreras and roll for a couple of weeks and see where things go with him.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Contreras is a guy that's going to get to play. I mean, Darno's back on the injury train, which riddled right. the first half of his career, and then everyone all of a sudden decided that he was never going to get hurt again, um, which is shocking because he had what six months of healthy play during a short season. Like, come on, uh, we're not we're not there yet. I mean, Contreras is a safe bet to be the starter long term there, and Darno is the stopgap. So if you're in any long term league, like William Contreras is a is a must own, um, but at the same time. His playing time will be split if Darnold is healthy. So you make make decisions accordingly on that one. Um, but definitely an offensive side catcher with the upside on defense to to stay in the lineup. Now, a guy that has reasonable defense and is our favorite guy at first base doing splits, uh, G-Man Choi <laughs> is back and in 17 at-bats, 471 average, um, two home runs already in the return. He also raked in the minors for anyone that was paying attention. But you know what? The thing is, he's been one for four for three straight days. Like, that's more traditional G-Man Choi. Like, go out there. He gets you one big hit a day. That's what he does. And he did it today against fellow countryman Injun Ryu. Laced a double that missed a home run by a couple feet off the left center fence, which then the Jays relayed and threw an absolute strike to throw your boy, Mike Brasso, at home plate. Um, My boy. (laughs) So, G-Man Choi is just a good baseball player like he's just one of those grinder guys that's going to help your team the OPS numbers are going to be there needs to be owned and in might have slipped through a lot of radars here being injured to start the season so um not a lot of competition to split time which is what we've seen for him over the last couple of seasons so I think this is going to be his job full-time this year for the first time now he's still going to get pinch hit in big moments because that's just what Tampa Bay does T-Bay baby yeah, that's just what they do. Like they'll, they will take Brasso or Yandi Diaz against the, the lefties. That's just what's going to happen. Um, but I think for, if you're a betting person, like g Man Choi is going to start 80% of the games down, down the rest of the season at first base for the race.
0: Uh, so Ty, the last guy is Nicky Lopez, which is really sad. And, and we'll go really quick. Cause he's just, it, it sucks, but he's got a 231 average, um, Night on the year 19 runs how 19 runs how uh, eight RBIs, five stolen bases no power from them, but three stolen bases and a 306 average the last two weeks so if you're looking for somebody that nobody cares about because why should you Nikki Lopez is kicking around if it's points league no way because your steals are gonna have to be worth three in order for him to possibly be a three-point-per-game type guy. But that's it. Now, I want to take a quick detour, Ty, just, just briefly um, to talk about our home league. The, the Sorry, our, our listener league, um, the Dingers podcast Roto League that we do, where we have 15 teams. And as it stands tonight, prior to the start or just after the start of the late game, uh Sunday night baseball. <clears throat> We've got the Sandlot Law in first place, Return of the Mac in second, Sky in third in a tie with Vancouver Canadians. Then Utah, one point back, Turney Bosses in fifth. Uh, no, you I'm can't choose
1: fourth right now with the Canadians.
0: It's shows no anyway. It doesn't matter. It's within one point as as I'm looking at this moment. Uh Reese White, uh, you can't choose these balls. <laughs> I love his team name. 151. Uh, sorry, 151 points in our in our eight by eight. Um, then we've got Roto Ronnie coming in seventh. F Fantasy Baseball Insights at eighth. I am in ninth and just just starting to hit my stride here. St. Paul Saints in tenth. Tom Servo eleventh, who I think was our winner last, no runner up last year. Maybe I don't know. Wyland Bohemiums, twelfth. Uh, Northwest Ivy is thirteenth. Five by five guy is fourteen, and I guess that's why he's in fourteenth because we're doing eight by eight and Roto Team twelve. Love the team name. And the default hat is uh, sitting in 15th, 58.5. So for us, and I'm only asking because in six minutes and change, our um, fab runs, our weekly waiver wire free agency goes. And I have a bid on one player. Uh, Are you looking to pick anyone up tonight? Our short bench makes it very difficult for me to do pickups, uh, but I've decided that I'm going to start to thin out my MLB pitching core. I'm going to...
1: I'm, I'm not there yet. Guys. I'm not here there yet. Cause the pitching is still beat up. Um, I, I have some pitching depth, um, both at the major league level and at the graduating level that I think is going to happen to me this season. So I have a healthy starting lineup right now with Mike Trout on the bench with, uh, Nick Anderson, Jordan Hicks, Aaron Sanchez on the bench still so Aaron none of the guys Sanchez. that I'm super excited about running out, but right. at the same time, like I have the depth, like I, I like Sanchez though for, for Roto, because he's going to keep my whip down, right? He's going to keep the, you know, the, the ball in the yard a lot of times. So I like that for a Roto format when we don't have capped innings. So that's my big thing that I like there. Um, is right. that I can run him out there, you know, when, when needed. And so yeah. that's what I like. Okay. So,
0: and that's a good point. that We should mention. So in this format, we just had everybody is pitcher so it didn't Mm -hmm. matter if you were sprp we just did pitcher slots so that way you could put in whoever you wanted so i decided that i was going to completely punt relief pitching to start but we also did saves and holds as one category and equal which kind of helps you to concentrate more on your ratios and um, dominant pitchers versus just the guy that gets the save because there are different schools of thought and i do like the idea of having holds worth half of a point and a save worth mm-hmm. one. I think that's neat. I in, did like that. In point formats. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to our league standings uh, it's not it, but we only have a four man bench as well. And like so many dudes on our ILs, and like, you know, every league, I think, I think every league is at fault. That's been running since 19 or earlier where we had the weird 2020. And there were a lot of the IL stints, you know, COVID related this year for needles and what, or whatnot. Um, but everybody needs to increase across all formats next year because the 10 day IL is making a significant difference in how many fantasy relevant players seem to be going on it. So I think it's, I think it's a valid thing. It's not a cop out where guys want to like, um, you know, hoard players or anything like that, which is always a fear, something I try to avoid. But when we're talking dynasty and we're at the point now where we are what 50 ish, is that about right? We're around 50 MLB games in for most teams here. Um, yeah, we're right around the 50, 50. Some teams are, are a little short of that, but, um, yeah, we're at the point in the season where now we can start to see trends that are happening. I think for fantasy leagues, things that I note is that every league I'm in now, it either needs to be moved to just straight up unlimited, but you can't pick a player up and just move them straight to your IL for next year, or it has to be 10 large Mm -hmm. enough that you can deal with like a crappy RP who you would otherwise drop or if that gets hurt. Um, I don't like guys well all able your leaps or on the IR though. No, because... no, 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 no. You not that the whole point is that you can't pick somebody up off waivers who's hurt and then put them onto your IL. You have to have an open roster spot to do that. So um, but either way, like once they're once they're no longer on the IL, you'll have to have like, you know, whatever it is, like a two or three day period of time, not an infinite amount of time. And right. I just wanted to bring up our listener league because we haven't um in quite some time, and it is a fun league. I do enjoy looking at it every like two to three days, I kind of look at my lineup and think, no, I'm not changing anything but my pitchers because <laughs> my lineup's pretty thin and I keep on, you know, because it's dynasty. I keep on saying, well, I'm not, you know, Ryan Mountcastle is going to turn it around. So when he had his big game earlier this week, I happened to have had him in. So I'm like, you know what, Mount, you're in, baby, you're sticking in um, five outfielder format for us. So anyway, wanted us to just say where, where all that's going. And um, yeah, so right now, Ty, I just looked and now it says you are tied for four. So good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there it is. Important Sorry. correction. Yeah. No, hey, hey, hey give the man his due. It's, it's the highest that I have seen any one of you, myself, or Ronnie, since maybe week three of the season. So See, we all my, hung my out Roto, in like eight to ten for a while. My
1: Roto game is a slow roll. That's all I do. I slow well, roll Roto, and I finish the season strong, and, and I play my teams accordingly. So um, I'm excited <laughs> for the downstretch. I'm also excited to get Mike back, which is a very important – player to own in in roto formats
0: absolutely so let's talk about we've got what one two three four five dudes to discuss at the end of this year who all look like they were questionable players in dynasty uh questionable players in redraft Mm -hmm. and zero people seem to predict them for breakouts outside of the two of us who thought good things could happen for them now there will always be people that we're not listening to that we don't know about the fantasy industry is huge Who are saying these were their guys too? That's fine. We don't care. We're just saying we were talking to you guys about this.
1: And this list is a great list because you and I don't even agree on this list, which is great. Right. So that makes it fantastic. So, like, Austin Riley might be the one that we agreed on uh, that we both liked as a breakout guy. We watched a lot of playoff baseball and saw things happening for him. He's your comment.
0: Sorry, Ty, your comment on Riley in the playoffs was one of the reasons why. I thought twice about what was going on in Atlanta, this off season and thinking they must feel very confidently like Jerry DePoto does with other dudes where they're going to turn it around. Like yeah. it doesn't look good today, but it is good. And some of those guys uh, never get that opportunity. And it looks like Austin Riley not only has, but has taken it and run.
1: And it's, it's one of the things that allows me to pick up on certain breakouts that other people don't is that I watch the film a little bit differently than other people do. I'm watching situational scenarios. I'm watching what they do in certain counts and I'm watching the, what they do with the meatballs and what they do with mistakes and then what they do with pitches that weren't supposed to be there. Um, and Austin Riley did a lot of good things hitting balls really, really hard right at people on mistakes. And so there's a lot for me to like with him. He's still got some refinement. Like there's not a ton of power hitters that come into the league polished. We just talked about bobby delbeck before and the next guy on this list is another guy right jesse winker is a guy that you liked to to bust out and he absolutely has um my thing for him is still the splits like i'm still very concerned about jesse winker's splits because they're still there and they're still concerning for me now can you get value out of them absolutely right but if you look at what his season splits are you know they're starting to diverge right so you know, he's get, still getting limited plate appearances against lefties. Only 36 so far, 32 at-bats. Only one of his 13 home runs is against lefties. Now, he's destroying righties. He's hitting 382 right. against them and has 12 home runs with a ridiculous almost 1,200, just under 1,200 OPS against the righties. So It's not wow. ridiculous
0: if you expected it.
1: <laughs> no it's not but, but, but that's the thing though like and when we talk about dynasty and deep leagues especially like these are great guys to have in my opinion in a redraft format where you have a deeper bench and you don't need a guy that you, where you take him in the draft to be elite but if you're taking right. him in a redraft in the fourth round or third round like he needs to be hitting against both splits and, and that was more of my issue with him it's just where you needed to draft him as opposed to what he gives to your team, I guess, is maybe where I'm trying to go. Well, and he finally had a period of success, uh, somewhat sustained
0: success last year. And yeah. the, something that we were talking about before that was a little scary was that he seemed to be selling out for power. And he was a one for one K to walk guy. And all of a sudden, something new was happening with Jesse Winker. He's striking out a lot more. And I'm going to very quickly check here to see where he is um, strike out to walk for the year. Because the last time I checked, I remember thinking, "Hmm, that's you know, that's a little interesting." And and it's it yeah, two to one now. So that's that's about par for what I would think Jesse Winker is going to do moving forward. And I'm okay with that. But the big concern was that it was going to go to three to one. And if it goes yeah. to three to one, that means way less balls and play way less run opportunity because he's not on base, way less RBI opportunity. And he's not doing that. So um, it's important as well that he's taking walks. He's not Kane a ridiculous amount and getting a bunch of walks. He's leveled it off a bit. And back to your point on Riley, um, same thing, Ty, like the concern was, uh, what's he going to do with balls and play? And he's making yeah. better contact. And I think he's got nine K's for the year now. I'm not sure he had, he hit two today. Um, when not you say seeing...
1: K's, do you mean home runs?
0: yes okay what's the difference <laughs> I,
1: just, just the way you were saying that it sounded like you made home runs but i'm like
0: it, i mean it, it, i did yeah i did and i appreciate that you picked up on it because that'd be one of those things where somebody would message me and say um at minute something something you said this did you mean this and then i'll have to like go and listen and be like yes i am an <laughs> idiot i i did mean that or they'll correct me which is even worse yeah uh, or someone's like you said this so getting it out of the way now and we'll then thank talking you to about all
1: our twitter wives out there that do correct us for when we say things incorrectly yeah like
0: riley's got 49 k's and this might be not counting the two yet today and 20 walks um so it's not two to one but it's it's also not four to one which mm-hmm. is something that could certainly be concerning and last year uh, he actually had 49 Ks and 16 walks. So it's already up and improved slightly from last year. So yep. there we go.
1: Anyway, let's get, the floor is yours. Carlos Rodon. I mean, it's just the guy like the, the, all the trends were there. The fastball percentage has climbed way up. It's at a career high 56.2% this season. That's the pitch that's setting him up. And we talked about his teammate a lot over the last couple of years, Reynaldo Lopez really relying on the quality of the fastball and his success pinned on that. Now, Rodon has done that. Now, what do you th- – I'm going to just throw this out to you, Rob, because I got it in front of me. Okay. What do you think his percentage of fastballs thrown in 2015 were? And you said it was – 52 this year. 52 this year. Sorry, 56.2 this year.
0: Uh, I'll say he was throwing 65? Thrown a lot.
1: 28.7.
0: Oh, So he was trying to be like a junk pitcher.
1: He was trying to be a Tampa Bay Ray where they throw 25, 25, 25, 25 on across four pitches. But what it has done, though, is it's got him ahead and counts. And Carlos Rodon has two very good out pitches. And so if you give him the ability to to get out, and and the funny thing is, the really funny thing is, he's throwing his curveball almost never, 2.4% of the time. It was non existent. Is it a strike
0: when he's throwing it?
1: Because uh, No one's expecting it. I mean,
0: it's very let's see, probably thrown it what five, he's, eight he's times. He's thrown year. it
1: 17 times this year. Okay. And what listen to this with percentage, what do you think it is? Oh, 17 oh, pitches, 100, 100%. Like 100%. No one, yeah, no one knows it's coming. Yeah, it is 100%. <laughs> Which is phenomenal, and it's exactly right. how you use your fourth pitch. Like it's yeah. Beautiful. I was gonna say
0: that's the back pocket pitch, right? When you are exactly. when you are out of gas, or you need the you cannot get whomever it is out. Well, You're and, in your division game, and you want to get that sixth inning. You want to get into that set, whatever it is. That's and it's not a strikeout pitch. pitch
1: out. His slider is right. So he has zero right. putaways with the curveball. Right, it's a get me over. It's a middle of the account type pitch, but. Mm the the big thing with Carlos Rodon and I I've, I've been talking to about this in in uh one of our leagues Robbie where I'm trying to trade him um <laughs> but no it's cuz I'm rebuilding the thing. Yeah, it's, yeah no it's cuz I'm rebuilding in that league it has nothing to do with Carlos Rodon being like a Trevor Rogers scenario where I want to win or whatever right Right. this is just i my team is get destroyed the best and, Yeah. yeah and and i was having a very frank conversation with the guy on the other side and we had a lot of good chat about it cuz i was trying to get some good pitchers coming back for him. But I just said to him, I said, listen, like he made mechanical changes this season for the first time in his career. His stuff has always been good. His feel for his pitches has always been good, but his body has always let him down because, you know, you see this in in certain athletes in in pro across all sport, like Tiger Woods, great example. His body couldn't handle his swing. Rodan was like that. He could not handle the, the, the torque he put on his body, but he's freed himself up. And I talked about it. I've mentioned this in our podcast previously, but he just, he's open and he's, this is who he is. Is he going to be sub one all season? Absolutely not. Like he's probably going to settle in the mid twos, upper twos by the time we get through this season and, and contend for a Cy Young if he stays healthy. Right. Like that's, that's he's on a team that can pile up wins for him still. Right. And he was drafted to beat this guy. Like we shouldn't be surprised by this. So you know, it's just one of those things. The stuff has always been good. It's just been the health. That's that's what it is for me, and everything points to the continuation of this. I, I said to the guy in the trade, I'm like, listen, like I think his arm troubles are behind him because of the mechanical changes. Doesn't mean he can't blow to Hammy, right? That can still happen to this guy. He's very- Talk to Josh Donaldson owners about uh, <laughs> when you think
0: things are going well, and
1: then
0: um that is Josh Donaldson. And that's I was right. gonna I was gonna put a Donaldson joke in earlier. Uh, when you're talking about rodon making some real changes and thinking you know uh whose body can't handle aspects of you know baseball it's josh donaldson's calves can't handle the action of running but that would also go to uh john carlos stanton whose body can't handle smacking the
1: He's a calf yes, guy, though. Yes, he's a calf guy. And the problem is, is that he took money out of his bank account to buy his mom a car, and it impacted his cash cow, and now he's got calf problems. See what I did there? Oh, my See God. what? That was a stretch. <laughs> All right, so let's
0: go to fun happy news, right? Chris Bryant is a relevant fantasy baseball player. Yay! Uh, as of tonight, in 8x8, eight eight, which is standard, what we talk about. Uh, or sorry, prior to this year was standard, what we always talked about because it includes – Your strikeouts your walks as well as your ops he is 14th as of this moment uh third base outfield eligible depending on your format Uh, last year he had a 206 average in 131 at bats this year in 150 307 ops 10 10 this year uh 42ks 22 walks i'll take that heck of a lot better than last year when he was over three to one almost four to one 40ks and 12 walks uh the boy is seeing the ball better Two stolen bases this year, which is great to see. 28 RBIs, 32 runs, 10 dingas. And I am a happy Chris Bryant owner. Um, I made a trade a couple years ago where it was like Giolito, Moncada, and something else that was of some level of relevance. Oh, Kevin Biggio, and I got Chris Bryant. And people were like, My God, you crushed that trade. And I was like, I did, didn't I? And then giolito <laughs> then giolito broke out Thanks which i'm
1: noticing yeah
0: which like i have to say i owned a lot of giolito um prior to that year so i was like i can deal him away in this points format to get like that stud third baseman and in another trade it just so happened to work out that i got josh donaldson whatever the reasoning behind that one was i don't recall anymore but it was like well why not just load up because brian can also be outfield for me so i'm good there and then in 2020 i was like my god one of you please be useful this week in my points league and now this year um you know brian's just crushed i'm so happy to see it the power
1: the power of the contract season you think yeah that's what you're saying (laughs) yeah i mean listen like he's not a bad baseball player by any stretch is he an mvp which is the way some people still try to value him and are trying to justify it again this season no chance he's he's just not that guy he is a great Third baseman, outfielder, whatever position he plays these days, mm-hmm. um, but he's just—he's not MVP. So, I, for me, like I'm—I'm I'm selling on Brian because I think this is the last peak, and it might be now—not now, not now. Okay. might be in a couple of weeks when you get into that 15 to 20 home run territory. Right. That's might be where I'm selling. But I just—he's the kind of guy that I could see being bought by an American League team, and then really struggling with the switch in leagues. I've got an MLB
0: for you. And then I've got a dynasty uh, for you. So MLB would Chicago take, what is it? Three, the rest of season and three more years of Kevin Biggio for Chris Bryant. Would that be a one for one? Or would, would the cubbies not want that because it's not useful to them for their window? I
1: I just don't know why Toronto would do that. uh, Having a utility guy like Biggio for a, a rental. Just because
0: Um, of the Lourdes factor with multiple guys that could move, so much
1: depth in Toronto coming that it would be a premium. Because, like, listen, like Tampa Bay and New York are still very good, but they're aging. Toronto's just about to enter the prime window. Like they're they're at the beginning of the window because guys like Vladdy and Bo are generational talents and they're they're peaking and they're going to peak for a long time simultaneously. Yeah, yeah, but they're still not in. The window. So I think that would be a silly move by Toronto Front Office to give up that control for a guy that again, like I said, switching leagues would struggle. Right. Like that's I, I firmly believe that he would.
0: Okay. Um, now would you trade in Dynasty? So your team is obviously not in contention, but you are a Chris Bryant owner. Mm-hmm. Would you trade him for MLB talent on down years like a Cavin Biggio? Or would you want in return that two elite prospect type return? What would you want as a Chris Bryant owner if you're dealing?
1: I'm the wrong person to answer this question because I'm cause I'm not a Chris one. Bryant owner anywhere. Okay. And and I'm not going to be anytime soon. So I'm I'm not I don't want to provide my slanted bias answer to that question because I think a lot of people That's would, fair would be able to justify that question and say that okay. they would take Brian. And, and it's not a bad move.
0: He's Maybe I'll not, put that I'm, out on
1: Twitter then. I'll put that yeah. for everyone. Cause I'm a Chris
0: Bryan owner in three dynasties, I think. And in those dynasties, all of my teams are doing well enough that at this point in time, I'm not concerned with trading those guys. away. So I would not simply, con- consider a trade.
1: Simply put. He's just not a guy I traditionally own. It's that, it's that simple for me. So like, but I, I'm okay. He would be comparable to Machado who I am an owner of. Right. So. Mm-hmm. It's hard well, for let's me do to the last guy. Say, we got one no. guy left
0: then cuz yeah, we can, we'll deal with the Twitter thing and then if there's anything that comes from that we can discuss it on Thursday when we do um prospect pitching prospect yeah. pitching episode on we're recording Thursday. I don't know if it comes out whenever it comes out. Um mm-hmm. last guy tonight is Mitch Haniger. Uh 257 average on the year, 32 runs, 31 RBIs, beautiful and 13 home runs now. One home run in the last 2 weeks. I fear that might be because we sent out a troll tweet about uh, Tommy Pham versus Mitch Haniger, And I still think it's okay. And I feel like 257 is like a perfect average for Mitch Haniger to finish this year at. It's a question of, are we going to see 515 at-bats or are we going to see 330? And I'm loving Mitch Haniger right now. I'm loving the rebound. I'm sad that where he was a free agent in a couple leagues, like salary-based leagues, I was unable to get him because a couple guys, desperate for outfielders, were willing to just spend, spend, spend up to a level beyond my um, my ability. And I also made the mistake in a league of getting um, Victor Reyes with Detroit. And I mean, prior to the season starting, we all thought that was a pretty safe acquisition to get a guy who we thought could be a breakout candidate. Well, it mm-hmm. turns out he's um, you know spitting around at AAA, which we'll touch on on uh, Reyes on Thursday as well, just to see some of those guys who we thought good things of that are not doing well. Um, but anyway, Mitch Haniger, what are, what are your thoughts on him? I know I know you are not a Seattle lover, but Mitch Haniger has just been a good
1: baseball player. For me it's simple, like there's just too much injury risk, which is why I stay away from him. Like the one thing I will I've always done in my leagues with outfielders is that I try to guy grab safe guys in the outfield cuz generally the infield has a little bit more Volatility to the injury side. So I like to build a lot of my depth with outfielders or infielders that have outfield eligibility. Right. So like you look at our home league team, I had happen and Biggio and Brandon Lau and I have three guys with depth in the outfield. Right. And so that gave me depth behind Mancini and Tioscar and The other guys that I got out there. Well, you're
0: outfield in our home league. I have it. These are outfield eligible players that Ty currently owns. And this is not shaming you whatsoever. Um, You've got Kelnick, who was your rookie that you drafted. You've got Mountcastle. You've got Bijo, who's on the IL. Brandon Lau, who um, ratio-wise has been interesting, but he's got some counting stats to work. Alvarez, because it's Yahoo. Jordan Alvarez is an outfielder. stupid. Michael Brantley, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, and Trey Mancini. All outfield eligible, a lot of outfield eligible players. Mm-hmm. Um, and but they're all I mean,
1: infield eligible as well, except for those last couple, right? Well, so like, that's, that's what I'm getting at, though. I've been able to build my infield depth, which has been valuable because I've had to tesco down multiple times, I've had Seager down now, I have Machado down now. So I've been able to fill those gaps with those guys until the last day or two when Machado's been out with the sore shoulders. So,
0: are you looking to trade Jared Kelnick since he sucks? No. No, no. Come on, man. He's got a 139 average of 483 OPS. The only thing he's done that helps you is he's got one stolen base. Given to me, I'll give you a uh what? let's see, who's the guy on my roster? Do I look like cut? Sandy uh, Elderson? Um uh, hold on, hold on. Let me let me figure I'll give you Nick Pavetta. Yeah, hard no <laughs> Pavetta's 148 overall. Anyway, yeah. so these are fun I mean, trade talks, people. Um, I only wanted to say because I, I like the fact that your outfield is fairly diverse in the home league. Like I've got Kyle Lewis uh, who's sitting on my bench because I'm waiting for him to turn it around. But that's also because I've got Austin Riley, Ronald Cunha Jr. And Juan Soto as my outfielder. So I'm doing okay in the outfield. Um, But yeah, so we've got a bunch of dudes, Mitch Hanniger, I'm happy. I agree with you though, Ty super potential injury risk, which is why I said we could see a cap of like 330 at bats. So if I owned him and somebody was interested in a deal, I am all ears. Because the return on Hanniger to this point in time would be an absolute victory. And in Dynasty, don't think of it as a bad thing. If you sell on a guy and he still has another good year and whoever it is that you get back in return struggles, it's about being able to have a roster that can take on those guys. Like I I have a league where I traded Tyler Glass now, who he's done at the end of this year in that league, he becomes a restricted free agent that someone's going to offer him like $50 million of our 215 million cap, whatever it's going to be. There's no way I could afford him. So I traded for one, three in the draft and I drafted Hassan Kim. Hassan Kim can sit in my minors all year long. If he doesn't turn around, he's been better, but it's a points league. So he's not, I can't start him. And the other guy I got back was Luis Garcia with Washington. And um, that was not my favorite acquisition, but I was like, this could be a guy. And I still feel that way. And I still have him sitting on my bench and I'm, I'm waiting it out. And I think that was our deal. I'll have to double check if there was anything else to it. Cause it seems light now to do it that two for one, but either way, one, three in the draft, I I felt that, that I could make that smart move. And sometimes you got to make those moves. So if it's Mitch Hanniger at his peak right now, cause look at what Tyler glass was doing and look at the two bums. I just talked about, right? I'm getting crushed in that trade. I'm losing, I'm losing that trade, but, it's long game it's dynasty so mitch hanniger right now you could trade he could finish the year strong he could get traded elsewhere whatever could happen right mitch hanniger could still have possibly two three solid years left but you could pick up 10 years worth of good player it's That's it's right. a matter of making that trade work for you and if you do have any questions about that hit us up at dingers pod uh hit up ty Turney boss or myself at robbie baseball one and we will walk you through it i uh, do thank the people who are dming me as we said before as we've been saying for a while feel free to just at dingers pod your question so that we can retweet, comment and help you and get more eyes on it because we want you to beat everybody in your league. But we also wouldn't mind if a couple of dudes from your league were listening as well. And then uh, maybe somebody works at Waterloo Brewing Company and they want to uh, pay me to drink Waterloo dark, right? Or maybe a different Waterloo brewing beverage. This uh, Bose lug tread, by the way, uh, solid.
1: Yeah. I'm a fan of Bose lug tread. Yeah. I am also a fan. So I just wanted to thank everyone again for joining us in another episode of let's get fabulous here on Sunday night brought to you by your friends here at dingers, Robin Tyler.